Welcome to My Heart Songs Podcast number 190, Italia Beckons, Volterra, and Luca. Long flight in a steel tube, seven miles high, zipping along at 600 miles an hour. Luckily, the middle seat is free, so we have some spread out room. Unluckily, our seats are near the bathroom, so throughout the journey, whenever we are without our headphones, there is the intermittent symphony of toilet flushing. I think a great deal about my grandfather who came via Ellis Island from Sicily, probably a month-long saga with crowded conditions, two square feet of space in steerage, with poor ventilation, little food, and probably some unwelcome traveling partners like rats and lice. Gorgeous sunrise as we land in Roma on time and proceed to get our little Fiat for the four-hour drive to Volterra. Once the autostrada leaves the sea, the Tuscan hills quickly appear in all their magnificence. Our agriturismo, Fonte Settimena, is a family-run affair, and it is olive harvest time. So after a fine meal and a nap, we do some minimal helping, as they use a bastone, basically a vibrating rake on a long pole, so the olives fall into a large, long ground net. We use small plastic hand rakes for the lower branches. 450 trees yield about 500 liters of olive oil, the processing done through a local cooperative. With 40 hectares of arable land, mostly wheat varietals, which are much healthier than U.S. factory farm-style growing and processing, there is plenty of room for their 80-plus beehives. Besides honey, the family harvests dried pollen wax and royal jelly, a gelatinous substance produced in the glands of nurse bees, as well as producing a line of skin creams including propolis and candies. Fun to wander around the vast property towards an early bedtime. I tell the owner he is a rich man. His wife manages the B&B part, his daughters the bees, and his son and nephew help with the olives because of living in such a beautiful place with his family. Lots of work, yes, and then he smiles, his sweet face gathering all the emotions into contentment. On day two, we decide to have breakfast at our place, deliciously typical Italian strong coffee with milk, pastry with powdered sugar, fruit, yogurt, bread, a handmade apple strudel, and basically zero protein. Our host is a smart businesswoman because the little room for breakfast is also a shop filled with for-sale farm goodies and carved alabaster pieces. The nut honey spread is out of this world great, and we know some of that will be coming home with us. We spend the morning helping again with the olive harvest, raking the trees, moving nets, some initial hands separating out of leaves and branches from the precious fruits. Lovely to hear and participate in some Italian chatter as we work alongside a visiting Dutch woman and five young friends of the daughter, Valentina, and Fabrizio, the dad, in whose family the farm has been for many generations. We actually sleep where the sheep and other animals used to dwell. We wander a bit around Volterra in search of some groceries and have a fabulous lunch in town, a huge plate of lightly pesto-flavored fresh seafood for 15 euro, which is now basically one-to-one with the dollar. The supermarket is a cornucopia of delights with an array of meats, olives, cheeses, grilled eggplants, artichokes, and so on. Then dinner with good New York City friends Stephen and Madeline who have just arrived from Luca to their fancy digs about 15 minutes away. 
Beautifully presented and delicious food in somewhat frou-frou portions for me, but the pasta with squid ink, grilled lamb chops, and wine and dessert sample were all excellent. Day three finds us in Volterra with a very knowledgeable private guide hired by, hired by Stephen and Madeline up and down the cobbled streets learning a bit of Etruscan history. Volterra apparently a very successful enclave for 600 years in B.C. times. We stand under the 4 B.C. Porta al Arco, the last of the 14 protective city gates still standing along the five miles of once formidable wall. We get a drone's eye view of the 10 B.C. Roman theater remains with its 2,000 seating capacity. Roman citizens were entitled to free theater, in some ways the internet propaganda of the day, and hot baths. No soap, though, rather a brew of olive oil and pumice scraped off with a sigil tool. Clean, lubricate, moisturize, and defoliate at the same time. It was indeed the reign of the blessed. Enough food from the rich Tuscan soil, natural springs for water, high elevation walled protection from marauding barbarians, and a matrilineal society. The local museum is a veritable necropolis with hundreds of examples of excavated and cataloged small tombs, sarcophagi, holding cremains and favorite objects taken to Aldila. We have dinner in a small trattoria in some obscure, seemingly falling apart hill town. The waiter, who I think is also the owner, has sad eyes that twinkle a bit as I pluck out some songs on the old out-of-tune piano that sits in the dining area which only seats ten. The pistachio pesto is divine, as is the wild boar with chocolate sauce, raisins, and pignoli. The next morning we're treated to a bottle of freshly pressed, 5 a.m. at the co-op, olive oil, whose aroma and ending are off the charts fresh. A thank you for our contributions to the harvest. I tell Valentina I want to pay for it, that helping was gift enough, but she refuses. A day of Andare Anzando, wandering about San Gimignano, magnificent views everywhere, an impromptu tango to a street musician's violin, lunchtime gorgonzola sausage flavored risotto, and lasagna for Carla. Shops galore and a fair number of tourists, more so as the day progressed, but some lovely and quiet moments with Stephen and Madeline at a hilltop park and restaurant garden patio. I continue to vibrate with the goodness of it all, despite long evening calls with my daughters and the sadness of their individual health challenges. Friendly goodbyes as we purchase some olive oil and honey from our hosts, off on a truffle hunt arranged by Stephen and Madeline at their palatial place at the Borgo Pignano. Tons of fun, with Mambo, a specially trained dog, and his master, Cristiano, for whom this is a hobby. We are searching for black truffles, no white ones to be found this year because of severe spring drought. This has driven up the cost of the black to 1,500 euros a kilo from its usual 300. Mambo is a bit of eager crazy fluff, a legato romagnolo, a medium-sized curly-coated breed. His nose is in the air when there is wind and otherwise on the ground, getting more excited as he finds his quarry. His handler must stop him before he digs too deep and eats the truffle, which lives 4 to 20 inches below the surface, symbiotically entwined with tree roots. The white ones are larger and can be up to 3 feet deep and fetch up to 7K a kilo. 
Mambo finds three. Their unique, pleasant smell incongruous with their rugated, turd-like appearance. Pigs are no longer used in Italy because they tend to destroy the fragile root system, whereas Cristiano carefully replaces the minimally disturbed soil, so another truffle may appear next year in the same spot. We go for a long walk up and around fallow fields with vast views, then a final lunch with Stephen and Madeline before heading to Luca. A somewhat harrowing two hours of twisting, winding, narrow, steep hills, crazy Italians riding my butt and passing without great safety odds, our borderline working phone, GPS, and endless roundabouts. Think gas is high in the U.S.? How about $60 for a little more than eight gallons? Luckily for us, our tiny Fiat pony was a hybrid. We finally drop off the car outside the walls and schlep to our pristine digs in the city center, 66 steps up to some peace and quiet. A walkabout, delicious pizza with the streets Saturday night crowded, plus an impending citywide comic festival that will draw over 300,000 participants to this small enclave of less than 90,000, the birthplace of Puccini, creator of my favorite opera, Madama Butterfly. I find the same bookseller as seven years ago and add to my supply of texts an Italian comic set in the Southwest in Kit Carson times. Pure entertainment. A gift I give my still-kicking inner child to enjoy comics in Italian. Exploring Luca in the temporary Sunday morning quiet, we stumble upon an exhibit dedicated to Italian immigrants. The artistic display is quite emotional for me, imagining the hardships my ancestors endured for me to have a better life. It's filled with memorabilia, short films, posters, and written comments about that life, including a whole section on Ellis Island, which I visited for a La Serva family reunion years ago. In one month period, more than 100,000 Italians came through there, with 16 million immigrants over a span of years enduring immense travel hardships, poverty upon landing, and vilification for years like many other newcomers, complete with variations of go-home, stupid, dirty, evildoer Italians. We have lunch with Rita, a high school friend of Carla and her husband Steve, who are on their way home from Milan, via Milan. A bit of customary feed-up time in the afternoon. No doubt where we are with the window open. Smells of food, cooking, children crying, mama yelling, dishes clanging. We dine at home after a stroll with goodies purchased earlier. Feeling content. Although the road not taken of living in Italy as a young man looms large in my thoughts throughout the day. The weather has been fabulous with predicted rain never coming as we enjoy bicycle riding for two hours along the massive 4.7-kilometer Luca Wall. Initially constructed 2,000 years ago by the Romans, these beautiful broad tree and park-lined ramparts of stone, brick, and earthwork were additionally fortified in the 16th and 17th centuries. We buy train tickets for our departure to Florence the next day and enjoy a late morning coffee and pastry snack. Carla doing amazingly well with her Italian. We head to the botanical gardens, which unfortunately had already closed, and we run into our Santa Fe friend, Elaine, a former colleague from Department of Health Days, traveling with her brother. How many twists and turns did we each have to take, choices and decisions made, to bring us both through sparkling serendipity to the same street at the same time? 
We have dinner together with good wine. Her brother has a huge wine cellar and is a clear aficionado. Lasagna for Carla, scrumptious tagliatelle with porcini mushrooms for me, and a shared salad with finocchia and oranges topped off with an excellent tiramisu. Thank you for letting me share some vignettes from my ancestral homeland. My good fortune to still be able to revel in travel adventures. I hope you might have some of your own soon. There is a unique freedom in dropping the list of daily have-tos, spending minimal screen time, and walking, walking, walking about in new cultural environs. I go to sleep with a storefront poster reverberating in my heart and mind. Non canta quanti anni abbiamo vissuto, ma quanto abbiamo vissuto ogni anno. It doesn't matter how many years we have lived, but how much we have lived each year. Thanks as always for listening, and remember friends and family can easily sign up at myheartsongs.org.